You are listening to Wait a Minute with Beth and Jessica, episode 71. I'm Jessica Pearson, certified life coach. And I'm Beth Barnett-Babel, integrative nutrition therapist. We keep our eyes peeled for things in the media or in real life that come from diet culture or that perpetuate diet culture in some way. These are often the subtle ways in which it creeps in, which is why we are shining a light, shining a light on it and sharing it with you. So Jessica, you have our topic today. This has been on your mind. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about people pleasing. Yeah. And... Because it's something that I've done or do. Why is this coming out for you? Like, what's been happening? I mean, nobody or nothing in particular, like, specifically that I can think of. So, like, if you're listening to this, I'm not talking about you. Okay. Because <laughs> sometimes people are like, are you talking about me? I'm like, no, no, no. So it's not like a standout situation, but I've been thinking about it just because I have been diving into my own personal healing journey of adoption and things like that and kind of uncovering why I am the way I am or seeing situations maybe differently on this other side of certain learnings. Mm. And then I think it just comes up with our clients a lot. I mean, it's just kind of rampant in our society of how we function. And so I really wanted to talk about it today. I mean, what do you, do you identify as a people pleaser or people pleasing occasionally? Doesn't everyone? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I want to say yes, but I think there's people that walk through the world very entitled, which is not necessarily better. Right. But they're not people pleasing. Right. I mean, I joke. If somebody said, asked me point blank, are you a people pleaser? I'd be like, no. Right. But then it gets the wheels turning. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I am. But not in all circumstances. Yeah, it's not like a title or an identity or something that we have to blanket statement. Like, I'm always in people-pleasing mode. (laughs) But I think it is interesting to look at behaviors and patterns. And I've been lucky enough to have a friend that's been really honest with me. She's like, you're people-pleasing again. I'm like, oh my god, I am. So I think it's just interesting to reflect on that and to share with our audience to say like, hey, how does this affect you and your life and also your relationship with your food and your body and all that fun stuff? So we're going to talk about that. The term people pleasing has such a negative connotation, right? And so I try to be agreeable. Yeah, we'll talk about the differences (laughs) because I think there's a lot of gray area for sure. So if if you're not familiar with what people pleasing is, this is referring to behavior where you are going out of your way to make others happy or to gain their approval or to be liked. And this is often at the expense of your own needs, desires, and even your well-being. Mm -hmm. So it's not just going out of your way to do something nice for somebody sometimes. Like this is at the expense of your own well-being. So people-pleasers tend to prioritize the feelings and opinions of others over their own, mm-hmm. you know, seeking validation, avoiding conflict is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> Raise the roof. Oh, Raise the roof. That's, yeah. Um, people pleasers may find themselves constantly saying yes to requests, even when it inconveniences them and struggle to set boundaries. You might fear disapproval criticism or conflict which this came up too because there was that real 
that I posted where people were like, oh, if somebody texts me, I immediately think that they're mad at me or that mm. I'm going to get fired from my boss if they ask me to come into the office, right? It's like this instant fear of criticism or conflict. Mm-hmm. And it leads them to prioritize I'm going to say harmony in quotes because I don't think it's like true harmony when we're lying, right? Right. So, but it's we're prioritizing harmony in relationships over the perception of harmony, right? Over expressing my true needs or feelings. Mm -hmm. So, and it's like, so yeah, we'll we'll kind of uncover this more, but it's like, well, why why would somebody do this? (laughs) So, I think it can be like learned behavior if you had people pleasing parents, like it's just taught to you as normal behavior. But oftentimes it's if you've experienced or faced some kind of trauma or even abuse that has led to fear of rejection, low self-esteem, or just a deep desire to be liked and accepted. And I don't know. I think also kind of in that gray area is that cultural, social part. You know, so for example, like if you're in the South, there's so much emphasis on being polite. Like we always have to be nice, be polite. I call it faux polite down there because it's not. Totally. It's like the bless your heart. bless her heart yeah and it really means nothing positive it means f her yeah (laughs) she'd be crazy she whatever yeah Yeah. Yeah. so it's like is this real politeness or are we just people pleasing yeah i think there is the some of that cultural stuff that remains but yeah i just think that everybody is always often trying to just play nice and if you speak your mind then you are very aggressive and yeah you're out of line yeah and Um, sometimes yeah if you've lived in a more southern part of the united states most of your life and then you get around people that are from the east coast it feels so aggressive and abrasive and you're just like oh but you're like oh well maybe yeah Maybe that's not so bad. You know where you stand. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not fake. Yeah, yeah. It might um, be a little. It might be a little much. Might need a little soft, soften it just a little bit. But can we be truthful and soft at the same time? Yeah, but I'm also like it's also patriarchy. Or even in you know I think of different cultures where women are submissive and you're not supposed to speak your your mind or talk mm-hmm. about your feelings. So there's so many ways that this can show up or like why we are like this. Yeah, you know what comes to mind when you're talking about this is that Brene Brown talks about this, the difference between belonging and fitting in. Mm -hmm. And fitting in is a version of trying to people please to make yourself feel like you're in a group um, and you're going along with it, which is very different than the feeling of belonging because belonging is just show up as you are and yeah. you're accepted versus fitting in. And so fitting in happens in adulthood for sure, but it shows up the most in our adolescent teen years. And I think to some degree it's totally normal and you're like learning how to socialize and finding your own self and all of this Mm -hmm. fun stuff. I mean, for me as an adoptee, and I didn't know this about myself until I was like 30. (laughs) So, And even after I knew it about myself, I didn't really start unpacking it until probably like really recently, which is like, you know, when you're adopted, it's like you're separated from your biological mother and that's a trauma. And, you know, it's an immediate kind of like abandonment you know that's Mm -hmm. it's it's not just like the story it's like actually in your nervous system right and so i think when i look back on behaviors of like 
making things mean that it was rejection when really it was like this kid just didn't want to play this game with me right now mm-hmm. you know or trying to like yes be be agreeable or just you know like agree with people maybe when I didn't agree because I just wanted to fit in and you mm-hmm. know looking back on that I'm like oh that was a lot of energy and time trying to be liked and it makes me kind of sad for like little kid me because I wish that I had known like I could be myself and people would love me anyway you know yeah. Yeah. My daughter is adopted and I can see these behaviors in her yeah. around certain people. And it can make it worse too, because it's like you actually end up repelling people by being needy. And then it's not just with adoptees. I mean, it can mm-hmm. be like if, you know, if your parents got divorced or, you know, there's so many different like things that can show up as kids. Right. Maybe you just moved houses or moved towns, you know, and you're just like right. feeling insecure. So mm-hmm. It's interesting, and I don't think our parents knew how to, like, instill self-esteem or to, like, help us with 80s parenting wasn't necessarily aware of this. So, you know, yes, being considerate and accommodating in social interactions can be generally positive. Like, you don't, we don't always need to be going against the grain all the time, but it becomes problematic when it's leading to patterns of self-neglect, mm-hmm. exhaustion, and... For me, this was big with, like, lack of authenticity of, mm-hmm. like, wait, what do I want? What are my desires? Like, right. what am I missing out on? So when you say exhaustion, it's the people that just don't say no to things because they want everybody yeah. to be, like, they don't want to let people down yeah, that they can't do it. And so they're just going, going, going. Yeah, it's part of that just say no trend, right? Yeah, Is they're overbooked because they can't say no. And so it's kind of this thing where you're, like, you're so uncomfortable with the idea that someone else might be sad or disappointed or angry or frustrated you know like you're so uncomfortable with the idea of someone else feeling discomfort Mm -hmm. that your own discomfort is easier for you to manage yeah and it's just because you're used to it right Right. just like this is i'm used to disappointing myself but i hate disappointing others and i think with the turning point and we're going to talk more about what to do and that kind of thing. But the turning point for me was in coach certification, learning about like manipulation. And I never thought that trying to save someone from experiencing a negative emotion was unkind or a form of manipulation. I was like, what? (laughs) Because I always thought it was the kind thing to do. Like, I don't want someone to feel sad or angry Mm -hmm. and I can save them from that. But they were like, Mm. that's their sadness to feel. That's their anger to feel. And it's not my job to take that away from them. And doing that is actually a disservice to them and their own life journey. And it's not like I'm setting out to make people mad or sad. There's just certain situations where I think we are like, we're just so afraid of somebody feeling a certain way that we want to take it away from them. We think it's helping, but it's actually not. It's manipulation. And to me, I was like, my mind was blown by this Mm. concept. And Mm -hmm. so really kind of started to think about like, when I'm faced at these junctures of like, wait, why am I doing what I'm doing? And, you know, just being able to have awareness and explore that. Yeah. I think that is a common thing as a parent. My kids are teens and preteens and their discomfort is high all the time just because of the phase 
of life that they're in and they want to have all this freedom. And I'm like, all this freedom that you want is not all the freedom that you can have right now. Let's tiptoe into this. Mm -hmm. And so they have so much discomfort and I get so uncomfortable by their things. And I'm like, but these are my rules and boundaries. I know what's right. But when I'm in it, I'm like, I want to backtrack and make them feel better and be like, be okay with the fact that I have to set these rules and boundaries in our house. And I just sit in my chair and I'm just like, it's really hard because I want them. It feels awful. It feels awful because I want them to like think that I'm amazing all the time, even though I know that I'm far from, you know, the perfect parent. I don't want them to have this discomfort by well, because these you things. also know that them experiencing discomfort now is setting them up for success later, and it's safe discomfort, <laughs> right? But in the moment, you don't yeah. feel like no, that. No, it doesn't feel good to have yeah. boundaries, and I think that's the thing is that's why it's so hard to have boundaries because they don't often feel very good. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, if I just don't have the boundary, then I don't have to worry about it. But it does feel bad right so this can impact your mental health and your emotional well-being over time Mm -hmm. so it's just important to find a balance between being considerate of others and taking care of your own needs and boundaries right 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 Mm -mm. so this is a podcast about food and weight and health (laughs) so you want to Can you bring us around? Yeah, let's come back to the point. So it's like, what does this have to do with food and health? And I just think it can show up in a lot of ways. I thought of Mm -hmm. two, and I'm sure you'll think of more while I'm talking, which Mm -hmm. one comes into mind is like, if you have people in your life, whether that is a partner or, you know, somebody else that you're living with, a roommate that maybe has different habits than you, Mm -hmm. and maybe you've already identified like, okay, these are habits that are no longer serving me. I want to change my habits. But if you're Uh a people pleaser and this person becomes uncomfortable with your new habits, then you're not going to stick with them because you're going to be people pleasing your, your partner or your roommate. Yeah. I think this shows up in different partnerships that somebody wants to give up alcohol for a little while or wants to change their diet in some particular way and the other person is not doing that yeah and so then there's kind of like well are you sure you don't want to like do are you like come on let's just do it'll be fun you know and so yeah that can also be like the pushers right like the mm-hmm. the food pushers or the alcohol pushers because again they're feeling their discomfort mm-hmm. with whatever it is you're doing but it's not about you it's about them so you're just like i don't know how to keep this boundary yeah so the pushers will then the people that struggle with that thing of feeling like they don't want to disappoint the people in their life mm-hmm. then they'll be like oh okay fine just this once but then it doesn't like yeah you'll into... never be able to hold the boundary yeah because in your mind you're like well if i hold this boundary they're going to be mad at me mm-hmm. or they're not going to want to be my partner anymore and yeah. then it's like that doesn't cover some bigger questions right because what if that's true that's something that's kind of scary to face if that is true, but then hopefully it's not. Hopefully the person right. in your life is not going to do that to you. But if they do, then it's actually probably a good thing that, you know, maybe that relationship is ending or whatever. But those are those bigger questions that people don't necessarily want to answer because it might not be the answer that they want. Mm-hmm. And then in general, I think it's just like you're going to use food as a way to cope with that exhaustion. Yeah. Or, you know, just being inauthentic to yourself, not meeting your own true desires, not doing the things that you want to do. You're not getting that serotonin and dopamine out in the world, getting the joy that you want to get joy from. And so you're like, I'm just going to eat food and this is where I get my joy now. 
Yeah, I think that this is probably the place I see it the most in a client world, not necessarily in like my day-to-day interactions with people that you know are in my community. Yeah. But yeah, they do use food as a way to cope with all the things, and because they just. But I don't. It's so unconscious, though. Oh. Yeah, they don't realize that they're using food or alcohol to cope with the exhaustion or the feelings of not being able to fully live for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think it's a balance. We're not saying like, go start that argument with your mother of the law today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, I think it's okay to keep the peace sometimes or to some level. But again, when you realize that it is to your detriment, it might be worth exploring. So, you know, we kind of talk about this at the holiday time Mm -hmm. when people struggle with going home, when they're on a health journey, their body feels good from inflammation and, and things. And And they're like, well, I know that auntie is going to be real upset if I don't eat X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, who's in charge of those feelings that you don't want to eat at? You know, like, would she push it on you if you were, like, deathly allergic to it? No. So you can still not be deathly allergic to something and still have boundaries about something that somebody else made. And then also when it comes to bodies and body changing, I mean, I think we even ask in our workbook, like, is there anyone that would be disappointed if you changed her body? Because you mm-hmm. might not be thinking about that. You know, there's just interesting situations where that can come up. And so sometimes we hold ourselves back from taking care of ourselves because there might be someone in our life that disapproves of that. And is that something we want to keep in our lives or not? Hmm. Yeah, that's like that reel that you showed me, that you sent me yesterday that was somebody on Instagram that was in the body positive movement mm-hmm. that felt sort of trapped in it. Like she couldn't. Yeah, she couldn't change her mind. Yeah, because she felt like everybody was demonizing her mm-hmm. in the body positivity space just because she wanted to lose weight and get it to her healthier mm-hmm. version of herself. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's interesting from the influencer perspective, because that's not just like one person. That's like this community. But also most of these people are strangers. So it's like, I don't, you know, but they're also strangers that supported this person for a long time. So, I mean, there's all kinds of ways to look at that. So I think we can allow other people to hold us back, you know, because we're fearful of what they're Mm going to think of us. Okay. So let's talk about how, how do we figure this out? How can we find balance? (laughs) (laughs) Where do we go from here? Well, I think it's much, 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 much easier said than done. Reflecting on what your own needs or values or boundaries are. And I think that boundaries are really complicated and hard because it's something that you have to enforce. It doesn't require action on the other person. And so you are the one that has to uphold the boundary. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and to be yeah. clear about like boundaries are not ultimatums. Correct. So if you have a question about that, let me know. But it's like it's like a boundary is like, you know, if you hit me, I walk away. And then it's like it's not an ultimatum. It's just like here's my boundary, and then and I'm using this because this, this is what I tell my three year old. You know, my, like if you hit me, mommy has to walk away. I have to keep my body safe. You know, and so mm-hmm. it's like, and then it's up to me to follow through on that. And so right. you know, it's like 
that's a boundaries. It's not an ultimatum because we can't force other people to change. Correct. Yeah. yeah. But I think this is really challenging because how often do people just sit down and be like, what do I want? What do I desire? What are my values? <laughs> Which is like, this is the work that we do with our clients. And sometimes this work can take a really long time. Yeah. I would say this is an onion thing. Yeah. It's big. And so there's like, well, what's that first layer? Mm-hmm. And then it gets a little bit deeper as you go. Like you're not going to get all of these yeah it's not a question right you can just answer in like one paragraph yeah no. <laughs> and i think that's what people think that doing that kind of work it'll just like come to them and be like oh but i i don't think that that is true yeah. at all yeah i think there's a lot of different questions that you can be asked and answer to like kind of uncover it but i do think yeah it takes time like because once you fulfill maybe one need you're like oh yeah i also have this other need or i didn't realize i had this value until i uncovered this and right oh i do have this boundary that i didn't see before or whatever so it is kind of an i think it's ongoing i mean Mm -hmm. our needs and values change as we go through different stages of life as well and taking that time doesn't mean you have to sit down for an hour every day and like meditate on it. But I do think carving out some alone time <laughs> or, you know, to work with someone that can help you with this, whether that's therapy or coaching or going to yoga and just pondering it while you move your body, going for a walk, whatever it is, can be really helpful. I think the easier place to start of those three is defining what your values are first Because then that can get you further in touch with some of those other things. Mm -hmm. I actually have a really cool values sheet that my therapist shared with me Mm. after I had Eric. I'm like, I will upload it and put a link in the podcast so that y'all can see it. Because sometimes you're like, what are your values? You're like, I don't know. Don't kill people? I don't know. But it it goes above and beyond, you know, just like the, the pyramid of, you know, needs or whatever. It's like... Oh, for me, it was interesting to notice, like, I really missed freedom, you know, after becoming a mom. And I, I obviously I knew that, but I hadn't thought of that as like a value, something that was like a core interest to me is like, mm-hmm. I need to feel some sense of freedom at times where, you know, becoming a mom as a new mom, you don't really want a freedom right? or even play. Like I need to play and have fun and laugh and do these things. And it was it's like, of course, I knew that I liked that, but I didn't realize that it was like a core value for me and something that I need to prioritize and fit in for me to feel fulfilled in my life. And so mm-hmm. it's just like a really interesting list. So I'll share that with everybody. So some other things that you can do to work into finding your balance is understanding why you might be engaging in the people pleasing. So everyone's people pleasing behavior might be a little different. So are you seeking approval or uh, trying to fit in or belong? Are you trying to avoid conflict? Are you afraid of rejection? That could be, that's like a big one. And so identifying those underlying motivations as to why that behavior is there can start to unlock, you know, how you, how you show up and then you can start to work on changing those behaviors. Yeah. So I think it's just being aware Mm -hmm. in your life, but maybe noticing like, what do I make rejection mean? If somebody rejects me what, what, like how does that look what, maybe when was the last time I felt rejected or faced a rejection whether that was like not getting the job you wanted or maybe not mm. getting the second date or whatever it's like 
what do I make that mean? What do I make conflict mean? You know, kind of going through and thinking about like, what do I make these things mean about me can Mm -hmm. be a really interesting way to start exploring. Yeah. Or a similar, but if that is hard, then like the other way to come at it can be the, the, then what Mm -hmm. exercise where it's like, well, if I don't do this, then what? Okay. Mm -hmm. Then what? Then what? And then you get down to like that very small root thing. The core issue. The core issue. And so if you just keep going, well, what would happen? Then what? Then what? Then what? Then you can get at it from from that way. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. you'll just be like, oh, well. hmm." (laughs) So sometimes you you didn't realize that it it could be something big. Or sometimes we've been doing these things for like small reasons. Mm-hmm. And so it can kind of lead you in different directions. Yeah, I think this seeking approval one is really common, especially mm-hmm. with our like high achiever clients, right? It's like mm-hmm. I've always needed to make straight A's. I always needed to go to the best school, get the best job, be best mm-hmm. at my job. I always need this approval. And it's like, well, why? Right. <laughs> How is that going? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then. This other one, again, I'm like, these are all onion bullet points, but Mm -hmm. is to clearly define your boundaries and priorities, right? Mm -hmm. So this involves knowing when to say no and recognizing that it's okay to say no and to prioritize your own needs and well-being sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? I think sometimes, like, moms are like, I can never do that because obviously, like, I care about my kids. And I'm like, yes, and occasionally you can still put yourself first. Yeah. Yeah, my really good friend was telling me about Marco Polo this morning. She was like... She's solo parenting this week. Her uh, husband travels and she goes, I put myself to bed at 6.58. That's amazing. How does she get her kids to bed that early? Well, they're all old enough that they can do it. She was like, it's not you. It's me. (laughs) I'm just having a hard time handling all the things. I'm going to go take care of myself, put myself to bed. And that was, I mean, she fed them shit, all the things that you need to do. But she was like, I can't. She was like, if I kept parenting... I would have lost it. So, yeah. So yes. know when to to take when you can. If you have littles, obviously you can't. But like when they're of a certain no, age, but like they can go to bed on their own. Be I'm fine. learning. It's on me to remember. Like I need to schedule time away from the house, you know, to make sure that dad is covering or that we have a sitter or family member to watch my child, so that I can go do something for myself. It's so easy to kind of live in the default of. Well, it's just easier to not plan or to not make time for myself, but then I'm unhappy. (laughs) So (laughs) I have to fit it in, and I just know that about myself. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, This one is an interesting one. Practice assertiveness in communication. So learning to express your thoughts, feelings, and needs. You can still do so in a clear and respectful manner. doesn't mean that you have to fly off the handle or be dramatic. My therapist taught me, and this was also really mind-blowing and and interesting when she was just like, clear is kind. Like, you need to be clear about your requests and needs, and that actually is kind. And so kind of an example of that is like, I don't know, I I can think of people who are, it's like one person in the relationship doesn't want the conflict of like a breakup, so they just get the other person to break up with them Uh by not being clear, (laughs) or they just kind of step away or back out or whatever, and it's like... That's not really kind. Right. It's much more kind to the other person to be clear and say, hey, like, I think I'm, you know, this relationship is completed for me. And even though that might be painful to do, 
and you know, you have to see your partner's feelings hurt, it's still more kind to them mm-hmm. than instead of dragging it out. Right. right. All right. And then the next one, which we talked about a little bit earlier, which is understand it is not your job to manage everyone else's feelings or outcomes. And so you need to learn how to manage your own discomfort with their negative emotions. Even it doesn't feel good. Like I promise you there in the beginning, it doesn't feel good, but you start to be okay with it. And there's nothing wrong with being a little uncomfortable with other people's negative emotions is all part of the human experience. And so I think that you don't want to stay like that for every situation and everything, but while you're practicing it, it's totally okay to feel a little discomfort with yeah. their negative emotions. Yeah. And I don't think that discomfort ever goes away. You just get comfortable with that discomfort. Like you understand what to do with it, right? Like it never feels good if you're maybe canceling on someone and they're going to be disappointed that doesn't feel good to anybody but like you don't take it on so heavily anymore oh and this is like where clear is kind because if you need to cancel rather than ghost somebody yeah oh my god yeah right (laughs) stop ghosting people this is the problem nobody wants conflict nobody wants to feel any discomfort so they're like we'll just ghost each other because that way it'll be like we don't have to face anything right and i'm like this is a horrible horrible habit that everyone has taken on is like this is how we just live now and we're not being mature grown-ups in life anymore and i hate right. it yeah that is a, a version of people pleasing to a degree yeah okay we can go down the ghosting rabbit hole Um, (laughs) and then if this continues to be a challenge for you which it is and it is well within okay and like nothing is wrong with you but get help work with a therapist or coach work with somebody to kind of figure these through do the trial runs of the scenarios And because they will be the one that can help to be like, okay, then what? Then what with you versus then because you might get stuck or the answer might surprise you and you feel uncomfortable with that. And so you get to work through all that with another human being. Yeah. The last time I was stuck maybe in a situation with this, it's because I didn't really know what I wanted. I I was like, I don't know if I should set a boundary or not because I don't really know what I want, you know? And so I think we can help assess like where maybe it is that you are stuck because Mm -hmm. sometimes you can't get to that place if you're still unaware of your needs or wants. Right. So, Okay. Well, I sure hope we gave you something new to think about today. And if we didn't, that's okay. I'll be all right with it. And help you take one more step on your path to freeing yourself from diet culture. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at path underscore nutrition. We are brewing something new for you. We're launching our membership program very, very, very soon. So keep your eyes peeled in the coming days and weeks for this important announcement. And we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.